welcome to the Service Industry Podcast. Here, you'll learn ways to grow and scale your business, marketing strategies, and a step-by-step plan from people who have done what you're trying to do. You deserve success and freedom of your time. Now, here's your host, Matt Smith. What is going on, everybody? Matt here from the Service Industry Podcast. Hope you're doing awesome today. I am, man, freaking woke up. Super Bowl was last night. Um, for all you guys out there who thought the Rams were going to win, that was silly of you. I don't I don't really even understand that mindset uh, because Tom Brady doesn't lose. Uh, we had a client or a potential client the other day ask Mitch and I, like, hey, who do you guys want to win? Mitch is like, uh, we like winners, so we, we want the Patriots to win. Like, if you think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl over the Patriots, ain't happening, bro. So, but it was a pretty uneventful game, uh, which was kind of a bummer, but I was thankful that it was at least a close game, so that made it fun. But Monday's here, and man, I feel just like ready to rock and roll this week. So today we're talking about employee stuff. I think this might be one of the first times uh, we've ever talked about employees on this podcast, which I'm excited about. Um, But before we dive into all that, uh, if you are new to the podcast, I want to say welcome and thank you for listening. you know, however you found us, whether it was on social media or you got lucky and we popped up on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever the heck you listen to your podcast. Um, This podcast is for business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, people specifically in the home business space, although a lot of the stuff we talk about can be applied anywhere in business, regardless of what industry you're in. Um, But we do cater to that home business space. So, If you are in that, welcome. You are in a good place. Uh, This podcast is all about helping you build a large, systemized business that will allow you to uh, pay yourself more and give yourself more freedom. Um, That way you can have time for the things that you love, right? And our goal here is to help you build a business that allows you to live a lifestyle that you've always dreamed about living. So, Welcome. Um, And last thing before we dive in, for those of you guys that are not new, you know I ask this on every single episode. If you have not left us a review, please, please, please do. Um, It takes a, a minute or two out of your time, and it's the only thing we ask in return. If you're finding value in the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever the heck you listen to it, and it would mean a lot, um, not just for us, but because when people like new guys, gals show up to the show, um, a lot of times they dig into the reviews and, and see what people are saying about us. So if you can leave some nice feedback and uh, maybe say how this podcast has helped you, that would be awesome and mean the world to us. You guys know that we don't do any kind of ads on here or any of that. Um, that's the only thing we ask in return. So let's dive in. Um, employee talk, man. Like, I, I don't talk about employees a lot, and I'll tell you why. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that are better at the employee game than I am. Now, I would say that I've got some good advice to give, which I'm going to give some of it today. Uh, but I'm a lot better at a lot of other topics like marketing your business and sales and systems and all that kind of stuff. Um, employees has by far been one of our biggest struggles in our company and still continues to be. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to give you guys some stories uh, that may freak you out, but it's just reality, right? Um, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys some stuff that we've done well uh, that has worked really good. And, and hopefully you can take all this information and apply it into your business so you know what to do and what not to do, right? Um, because 
as you know, as a business owner, man, we go through things and, and sometimes learn the hard way, right? Uh, and unfortunately, until recently, uh, I haven't had a great mentor who kind of specialized in this space. Um, it's funny. I, I, I talk about one of my mentors who sold a pest control company here for over $20 million. Um, and, you know, a lot of businesses niche in a service, right? Well, even though he doesn't realize it, I look at him as a, a mentor that for me is a specialist when it comes to financial advice, whether it's business or personal, okay? But I wouldn't necessarily go to him for marketing advice, right? I've got a different person I'd go to that. And so I didn't, you know, I've got multiple mentors that are really good in, in their arena, uh, but I didn't ever have a, a good mentor that was really good in the, the employee arena, um, all my mentors just always said, yeah, man, it's a struggle. You know, like this is what we're doing. This is what's been working for us, kind of, sort of. And so a lot of this I've had to learn on my own. Um, but recently I did hook up with a guy who's just literally it's what his passion is, is employees. And so those are the types of people um, you need to find in your life. Like you're going to find a business mentor. And just because he's got a really successful business, doesn't mean that he's good at marketing or doesn't mean he's good at systems or doesn't mean he's good with employees, right? Or, you know, uh, customer retention or any of that, right? And so you're going to find that these mentors you find in life um, typically will niche in something just similar to like we do, right? And so first, let's talk about the whole movement right now of the word company culture. Company culture um, is something that you hear me talk about, uh, you hear big people like Gary Vaynerchuk talk about, uh, Grant Cardone talk about, and I feel like the term has, uh, we've given it more power than it deserves. And I want to tell you why. I believe the word company culture has been misinterpreted. When I say that, what I always thought it meant was having a cool workspace for people to come. And it is part of that, but, but really the environment that your people are working in. But what I've really learned from this new mentor of mine is company culture is not where people go to work. It's the DNA of the company that they work for. Okay. And the DNA comes from the founder, the owner, right? And that DNA is passed on through his leadership team and hopefully into his employees. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. So if you're tiny and you're working out of a shoebox or a storage unit, you can still have amazing company culture. Just because you don't have a flat screen TV or a ping pong table or couches and chairs in your office or, or you don't have an office at all, it doesn't mean you can't have great company culture. Company culture is the DNA of your business, okay? Do people love who they're working for? Do they believe in the person that they are working for, their boss, you, the owner? Do they believe in the company, the mission of the company, the problem the company is solving? Okay, that is what company culture is. And so early on for me, I didn't, I didn't recognize that. Um, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people feel that way because we talk to people all the time and it is just kind of misinterpreted that that is what company culture is. It's, it's about what, you know, people think it's about where people go to work and what that environment's like. And, you know, of course, it is going to help if you have a cool place to go to work, right? But that is not company culture. That's just kind of company environment. Okay. So don't get those two mixed up. Um, and I'm going to go through some scenarios of things that have happened to us, good and bad today, that some of you guys are going to go, holy crap, man, like I'm going through that right now. And then some of you guys that don't have employees, but are on the verge of hiring, 
uh, hopefully when these things arise in your business after listening to me, you're going to make the right decision instead of the wrong one. Um, so let's start early on, man. Let's start in the, the beginning of our journey. When we first started the Dirt Hunter, um, it was just me and my partner the first year. Uh, going into year two, we knew that, hey, if we want to scale, you know, Matt's got to get off the truck and be putting out postcards 24 hours a day and doing quotes and answering the phone on the first ring and, and all the right stuff that you got to do to scale, right? And so we kind of, you know, we did 43 grand our first year. Like it was rough, like paid myself pennies, right? Just barely survived, worked a winter job. Um, so really hiring somebody going into that year, you're like, Ugh, like, I don't know if this is even like doable, right? But we did it and I executed. Like when I went out, when I remember sending Jake and our first employee out, they left, they pulled out of the driveway, we worked out of my house. And I remember standing there uh, in my little room, which had my computer and stuff in it going, this is weird. Like, I'm used to normally going out and doing the jobs like now what, right? And I quickly realized like, hey man, this is my opportunity to execute. And so, you know, instead of doing four to $6,000 a month, we're doing, you know, 10, $15,000 a month. And, and that was early, early on, right? But I remember what that felt like. Like when our first employee, I'm like, oh, this is freaking bizarre. This is a weird feeling. Like it was the first like glimpse of freedom I had ever had inside my business. Um, but here is the bad part about that our first year, we went through six or seven employees. Uh, we have an eight, maybe eight and a half month season, depending on the weather. Um, so on average, about every four weeks, somebody quit on us. And I was beyond stressed out, right? Like I remember uh, crew hour wasn't that good. I had Jake sit down and the employees sit down and you know, kind of gave him a little bit of a tough talk and boom, employee walks out, quits. I'm like, F, what did I say? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing at this point, right? And so our first year, we went through, uh, geez, yeah, six or seven employees, I think it was. And we ended the season with zero. Uh, our last guy quit on us like two weeks at the end before the season was over. And so we're going into the following year with zero employees, right? I think we did 125,000 or something that year. And I said, okay, like if we're going to make this thing work, like we have to get to 300 this year. Like, I think that was our goal. And so we hired four employees in February, uh, the end of February, our season doesn't launch until like mid-March. And so imagine that we hire four brand new employees who have no freaking clue what they're doing. They've somehow got to be a crew leader. Uh, some of them have to be assistants and I don't know what I'm doing with employees. Okay. And to top it off, I'm hiring four guys and I don't even know if we're going to have the work for them all. But it's funny when you put your back into a corner, it's just funny how you produce, right? And so we did that. And sure enough, we have the work. We're pushing hard. We're marketing like crazy. It's my full-time job. Um, the employees didn't have a lot of training, right? And so what happens? Well, you don't really have any systems in place. Like maybe you went over, you know, what you want them to do, but you don't have anything documented. So they don't really, you know, they can't remember everything and jobs are getting done slow. Crew hours are bad. We're getting callbacks. Uh, and at this point I'm like, dude, is this even possible? Like, is this even scalable? Right? And so as I'm going through this like season of life of trying to figure out what the heck's going on, uh, the first major employee problem happened. Nope, it wasn't somebody that quit. Uh, it wasn't somebody that broke a window. I get a phone call from my employee and he's in a panic. I said, what's going on? He says, the truck's on fire. 
So what do you mean the truck's on fire? He said, the truck is on fire. Like the back of the truck's on fire. I don't know. I don't know what or how or what happened. He's freaking out. I'm like, okay, settle down. Can you put it out? He's like, no, it's too big. I said, like, where are you? Told me. Luckily, I was like literally like two minutes away. I was out doing quotes, if I remember correctly. And I come over and I just remember coming down the road. And before I can even see the truck, I can see smoke in the sky, black smoke, like looks like a freaking house is on fire. And my freaking just stomach drops, man. You ever had that like sick to your stomach feeling? Now, here's the funny part. The truck we had just purchased, that was, uh, we purchased it that year. It wasn't brand new, uh, but it was the nicest truck we had. Um, It was supposed to have full coverage on it. This is, okay, keep in mind, this is rookie status, guys. Like we're brand new at this. My insurance guy made a mistake. It had a loan on it. So when a, a truck has a loan, it, no matter what, has to have full coverage. Well, somehow that slipped through the cracks and it only had uh, uh, PLPD, right? So it didn't have full coverage. I pull up and the truck is on fire and the fire is so big, I have to park like 50 yards away because it's so hot, okay? Fire department isn't there yet. There's people pulled over on the side of the road taking pictures of my truck that's on fire with our logo on the side and my employee is standing on the side of the road with his hands on his head, just absolutely freaking out. He has no idea what happened. Fire department comes, they're spraying the truck. It's making like explosion noises because you know they're hitting the battery with water and whatever else. They get the fire put out. You guys, no joke. Um, the truck is burnt so badly, the interior is non-existent anymore. There's no seats in it, there's no dash. You, can, you wouldn't even know what kind of vehicle it was. The steering wheel is melted. Everything is gone. The back of the truck, which is where in the bed where the fire started, had a brand new pressure washer, which was two days old, and that burnt to the ground. All the equipment's gone. The ladders are melted. They're bent. The ladder rack is melted. Everything is trashed. The truck is 100% trashed. I mean, gone, like gone, gone. And I'm sitting here, right? We're not making a ton of money. And I'm going, oh my gosh, like this is insane. And then I'm thinking, Matt, it's going to be okay. You have, you know, you have coverage on your equipment. You have full coverage on the truck. I call my insurance guy and he says, Hey, um, I got some bad news for you. Yeah. What's that? Uh, you don't have full coverage on this truck. I said, what do you mean? I have a loan on it. You do? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea how our office missed that. So not only did we not have full coverage on the truck, but we owed money on that vehicle, thousands of dollars, and we had to go pay a truck off that was burnt to a crisp. Now imagine how that makes you feel. Like put yourself in my shoes there. And here's how it happened. We have a no smoking policy. And uh, one of our employees, there was two guys in the truck. One of them, when he got out because he got dropped off at home, uh, they passed his house on the way back to the shop. So he, the the one crew leader just dropped him off. When he got out of the truck, he was getting his stuff and he lit a cigarette. He put the cigarette on the side of the, the truck bed um, as he was pulling some like his backpack and stuff out of the truck. And he walked away and forgot. Well, they had some towels in the back of the truck bed that had gas on them. Um, they had a little gas spill in the back of the bed. And when that cigarette fell in, hit those towels, lit it on fire. So imagine this. Hey guys, no smoking. You're not allowed to smoke in the trucks or on the jobs and your truck burns down because one of your employees is smoking.
okay? These are the nightmare stories of why people want to be owner-operators, right? Like, that is by far one of the worst things that ever happened to me. But we got through it. Our equipment was covered, um, but the truck was not. So that was a learning curve for me. Like, hey, like take the time to read your policies to make sure that what they say you're getting, you're actually getting. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily that the insurance guy was being lazy. They just missed it, man. They're humans, right? Like, it's not okay, but it happened and it was a mistake. And so really as much as I want to scream and yell and, and beat the crap out of the insurance guy, it was my fault, right? Because I didn't take the time to make sure that everything was on there that was supposed to be on there. So there's a nightmare story for you on employees. Now let's talk about, um, let's talk about another thing that really, really kills businesses. And I, I hear it all the time when it comes to employees and that is holding on to people longer than you should. I know this better than anybody because I've done it and I did it this year, guys. Like this podcast, I'm very open. I'm, I'm honest, man. That's why people love it. And I'm here to tell you, I make mistakes just like anybody else, but I have a home service business that's growing freaking fast, right? Like rapidly, like we can barely keep up with the work. And so we have a lot of employees and this season, um, we had people on our team that shouldn't have been on our team. We made hires that we shouldn't have made because we're in a pinch. We have a bunch of revenue that needs to get completed, but we don't have the people to do it. So we need to hire people. And so what happened was throughout the year, um, a handful of employees, when I say a handful, two or three, uh, should have been fired for a handful of specific things that they did, right? And so when they didn't get fired, um, you know, they got talked to and we gave warnings, multiple warnings. Uh, here's what happened. If you guys have ever heard the term that bad employees are cancer to your business, this is exactly why. Because when bad employees are inside your business, they kill the vibe of all the other employees. And when they do something that the good employees know that they shouldn't be doing, and they, you know, they might get talked to, but they don't get let go, and it happens one, two, or three times, what happens to that good employee? He starts to think, why the freak am I working so hard? Why am I doing everything right? So-and-so doesn't do it right, and nothing happens to him, right? Where in the owner's mind, right, what we are thinking is, man, if we can just get through this busy season, like, I know he should be fired. I know he's not a good fit for us, but if we can just get through the busy season, then we can regroup and we can let him go and, and all that. Here's the problem. When you begin to put revenue before company culture, uh, it is a massive mistake. And I learned this the hard way. Uh, it created a toxic environment for people to work. Uh, we started to say things like, man, it feels like all the guys hate each other this year. Like, man, like everyone's being mean to each other. But what we realized was, hey, they're acting that way because very, very simple the bad people are getting away with things they shouldn't get away with. And at the end of the day, the good employees are saying, why in the world am I working so hard? Right. And so they're showing up, the good employees are showing up to work pissed off because they're pissed off that the bad employees are showing up to work and, and they're still there right after things they did. Um, and towards the end of the season, we realized this and we're like, dude, this is a horrible environment to work in. Like I barely want to be here sometimes. And one day I made the decision and it was in the middle of our busiest time of the year. And I said, we're done. Boom. I've, I fired all of them. Okay. And I, it was like putting out a message to everybody like, listen, Hey man, we made a mistake. 
right? And I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit this to our employees. Hey, we made a mistake. Uh, we put revenue before, you know, the environment that you guys work in. And that was a huge mistake and we've recognized it and we're fixing it. And we fired all the people that shouldn't be here and we're starting over, right? And so for you guys, one of the worst things that you can do is put revenue before the environment that your employees are working in. Regardless of how busy it is, it does not matter, okay? So if you're in a busy season, and trust me, guys, like I get it, like even talking about this, it, it kind of gives me anxiety because I'm like, yeah, but but I have all these people calling and they want jobs done. Well, I get that. But if you put that before your employees, then one day you're not going to have a business at all. One day you're not going to have any employees, okay? And guess what? When you do make things right, when you do fire the people that need to be fired and those good employees see that, they're going to work for you even harder. They're going to be the guys that say, hey, I don't mind working an extra two hours for the, you know, the next month every single day. Let's get it done, man. Let's freaking knock it out. That's the kind of team that you need to develop, okay? So just think about that, guys. Those are the, the little things that I've had to learn hard along the way um, that nobody really taught me, right? And then the last thing I wanted to touch on, and I know this is kind of a little bit of a scattered podcast, but last thing I wanted to touch on was this. People always say, what's the best way to get employees? Well, I'll tell you our strategy. Um, we, we like to, we target a little bit of everything, but here's some core things we do. Indeed.com is for sure a lead source. Um, I don't love it. You're paying for them. Um, a lot of times are a bunch of no shows, um, which is going to happen pretty much anywhere, but the quality of, of applicant you get from there can be a little shoddy. Now, with that said, I have got a few guys that were pretty good from there, right? Um, but a lot of times, 85% of the time, the people that we get from Indeed are not great, but it is still worth putting something up. The cool thing is you can go target people on there that have you know experience in your industry. So think about that. Second thing is you should be blasting Facebook organically, ads, everything else. You should be putting out Facebook posts nonstop, looking for staff, looking for staff, getting people to share it, okay? Um, we have definitely got jobs, or not jobs, but employees off of Facebook before. And a lot of times if it's a referral type deal where, you know, Aunt Sally sees that you're hiring and she passes it on to her nephew, John, um, you know, John feels a little obligated to perform well for you. So he's going to show up to the interview, okay? So that can be good. Facebook can be great. Another thing that you can do to be proactive, and you should be doing this throughout the year, is you need to get business cards made up that says, uh, you would be a great fit for our company. We're hiring here at the Dirt Hunter. You know, put your phone number on there and hand them out to people that stand out to you. If you're out to eat and your waiter is just absolute killer at his job, you know, his personality is perfect, and you're like, gosh, man, those the, that's the kind of guy I need. Like, I'm sure you've all said it. Like, that's the kind of guy I need in my company. Boom, give him a card. Tell him. Hey man, I, you're, I don't know if you're happy here or not, but I have an opportunity open in our company. Here's, here's a business card. Um, I just think you'd be a perfect fit. So if you're ever interested, give us a call. Okay. A lot of times guys, those leads will come through because they're like, dude, I freaking hate working at a restaurant. This guy seems really cool. He's been nice to me throughout the whole, you know, uh, transaction of him eating at the restaurant. Yeah, I'll give him a call, see what they have to offer. Boom. Right. So that is huge. You should be doing that nonstop. Those are more important to have those cards in your pocket than your actual business card. Okay. Um, and then the last thing, which in my opinion is the most powerful and the way that we have created uh, or found the best employees is through referrals of our current employees. And so this is what we do. Um, we like to in, uh, incentivize 
our employees to help us find people. And so you say, hey, we are looking to hire two assistants and one crew leader. Does anybody here know of any friends that are uh, you know, looking for a job that you guys would think would be a good fit for our company? And if so, tell them to call us. They call us, they set up the interview. If we hire that person, we will give that employee who referred us $250, okay? You're like, well, Matt, that's kind of a lot of money. Well, not really when you do the math of how much you spend on Indeed and Facebook ads and everything else and all the time and, and effort you put into interviews and no-shows and all the stuff. It's not really that much at all. And so what we'll do is we'll give them $250. And when that employee hits the 90-day mark, if they make it there, we'll give them another $250. So potentially for every person that employee refers to us that gets hired, they can make $500. Now to our employees, that's a lot of money, right? For them doing nothing. So of course they're going to refer people to us. And here's the cool thing. Not always, but a lot of the times when somebody is referred, right? Let's say, let's say one of our employees refers their buddy and he gets hired. That guy is going to work hard and he's going to, he's going to be upfront and honest. He's not going to no show me. He's not just going to quit out of nowhere. If he does quit, he's going to give me a two week notice because he doesn't want to make his friend look bad, right? Or he's going to show up to the interview because he doesn't want to make his friend look bad. And so those are by far the best leads that we have found uh, are inside of our company. So create some kind of incentive for your employees to help you find employees. Because the reality is, is if you already have employees that are good for you, then there's a good chance that they have friends just like them that will also be good for you, right? There's no better fit. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't like friends working together. I love friends working together. So what we found is, as long as it's done correctly, right? Because here's what I'll do. Let's say one of our crew leaders refers somebody to us. We hire him in. I will have that guy go work with that guy. Why? Because now they're having fun. They love their job now because they get to work with each other. They're best buds, right? We're making sure that their times and their crew hours and all that kind of stuff, the quality of the work is still good but we've never had a problem with that. In fact, if anything, they work better together, they work faster, and they have more fun. They complain less. They don't have to go to work and work with somebody they don't like, right? It's a win-win for us. So we love it. And the cool thing is, is if one of them at the end of the year gets laid off, when they come, one of them comes back in the spring, he's begging his buddy to come back as well. Come on, man, come back to the Dirt Hunter. Like, let's work there again this year together. It's fun for him, right? And so they look forward to it. I mean, just think about it. Would you rather go to work and work with one of your buddies or would you rather go to work and work with somebody you don't really know or don't really have anything in common with and you have to sit in a truck with them and work outside on a house with them all day long, every single, it's just a no brainer guys, okay? And if you have production problems, then of course you have to address that, but we have never had that issue. So by far, if you have employees, in my opinion, if you come up with some kind of program that is an incentive for them to refer their friends to come work for you, you will absolutely kill it and have a much better chance of being fully staffed, okay? So that is a long enough podcast for today. I know it was kind of all over the place. Told you a scary story. Talked to you guys about how to get more employees. Talked to you about firing fast, okay? Hire slow, fire fast. It's a real thing, 100%. Um, but just take some of these mental notes and because I promise some of these things will arise and you're going to be like, I remember Matt talking about that. Like this guy's cancer in my business. He's gone. Boom. Right. Oh, I remember Matt talk. I need an employee. I remember Matt talking about maybe giving some kind of incentive to his employees. Right. And tell your employee, create the plan, put it on paper, give it to them. Right. Have them go out and, and start recruiting for you. 
It'll change your world, guys. So that's the employee talk for today. Hope you guys uh, were able to weed through it and hopefully you got something out of it. If you have any questions, our email's always in the show notes along with my website, serviceindustrymarketer.com. If you guys ever need any kind of print marketing, Facebook ad management or Google AdWords management, that's what we specialize in, what we do. Uh, That's what we're good at. So hit us up. We're always here and uh, we'll respond to you quickly. So I love you guys. We will see you guys on the next podcast and have a killer week. This episode of the Service Industry Podcast has ended, but be sure to check out our other episodes. Please subscribe to the podcast if it has brought you any value. And as always, don't forget to rate and review the show. Does your home service business need help getting new customers? Matt's company, Service Industry Marketer, can help. Service Industry Marketer specializes in print marketing, Google AdWords management, and Facebook ad management. Visit serviceindustrymarketer.com for more information. See you in the next episode.